0: Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Acts chapter 2 is where we are today. Contrary to what the headline says, it is definitely not 1 Samuel 15. It is Acts chapter 2. and It's one of the most famous chapters in the Bible. Some people call it the birthday of the church or the birth of the new covenant church. It is certainly the sending of the Holy Spirit to anoint and to fill and to bless and to indwell believers. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we look at this important chapter today. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and for your love for us. Thank you for giving us life in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who comes to us and who draws us to christ who unites us to christ who applies to us all the benefits purchased by christ who helps us to magnify christ with our words and our actions father would you by your holy spirit today be our teacher and our guide through this important chapter we pray this in jesus name amen all right acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit And how is it that we hear, each of us in his own native language, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible you will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I say to you with confidence that the patriarch about the patriarch David, that both he, he, sorry, let me try this again. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, Being, therefore, exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this, that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend to the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel know, therefore, for certain, For the promise is for you and for your children, and for all who are far off, every one whom the Lord our God calls to himself, and with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, "Save yourselves from this crooked generation." So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about three thousand souls, and they devoted themselves They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Well, that is Acts chapter 2 in the English Standard Version in the ESV. And uh, as usual, we're using ESV.org for the on-screen display of the text A lot of great resources on ESV.org, by the way. They're not a sponsor of this or anything like that, but um, I do use their website. And uh, if you pay an annual subscription fee, you get access to all of their study Bibles. And as you're looking at the text to the right side of it, you can have all the study notes from any one of the study Bibles that you want. And it's a fairly cost effective way to have access to uh, a bunch of really helpful study notes. Anyway, just a little plug for them. Like I said, they're not a sponsor. This is not sponsored, but by Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. And uh, anyway, I just think it's a helpful resource that you might benefit from. Acts chapter 2. This is Pentecost, right? Pentecost is one of the three great festivals that God gave his people under the old covenant, under the Mosaic covenant. They had Passover, followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And Passover was the time when they remembered their deliverance out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, out of the house of slavery, Through the shed blood of the lambs, the Passover lambs who marked the people for protection from the wrath of God and thus for deliverance out of the house of bondage and out of the house of slavery. Jesus died at Passover. He offered up his life on the cross at Passover. And so he is the Lamb of God, the Passover lamb slain for our sins who marks us by his blood so that the wrath of God passes over us, and we are brought through him out of the house of bondage and out of the house of slavery into the kingdom of God. Well, Pentecost is a festival of first fruits. It is the first harvest. Uh, it comes a week of weeks after uh, Passover, so 49 days, 50 days after Passover is Pentecost. And On Pentecost, it is the first ingathering of the harvest that is celebrated. And so, what happens at Pentecost? The Lord pours out the Holy Spirit. His people receive the power of the Holy Spirit. They're given this supernatural ability to speak in other languages that they had not studied. It's very clear here in Acts 2 that this gift of tongues, to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, Verse four is clearly other known tongues of other people. Now, there's later reference in the in the New Testament to the tongues of men and of angels, and to praying in an unknown tongue. We'll get to those passages in due time when those books come up, and we'll deal with them. That's some of them we've already dealt with, but here, clearly, what's happening at Pentecost as the gift of tongues is the ability to speak in a language that you have not studied, to be able to communicate the gospel to someone in a language that is not your own. And it's unclear. It almost seems as if the people are actually speaking their native language and everyone's hearing them in their own native language. So the Holy Spirit is doing a translation so that everyone's hearing it in their own language, even though it's being spoken in a different language. This is something that clearly does not exist anywhere in the world today. Uh, Any missionary would love to have this kind of gift of tongues, but it is not something that is in the world today. It was a sign for the beginning of the church. It was a sign that got the attention of a large group of people from all over, and they come together. And in many ways, this is the reversal of the curse of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel, everyone started off speaking one language And they tried to reach up to heaven to make a name for themselves. God confused their language so they couldn't understand each other. And he scattered them to the ends of the earth. Here, God gathers in people so that the name of Jesus might be lifted up. And heaven might come down to earth by the descent of the Holy Spirit. And everyone speaking different languages is able to understand each other for the glory of God, for the exaltation of Jesus Christ among the nations. This is also the first big step in the fulfilling of the Great Commission that Jesus had given his disciples, that they are to go and make disciples of all the nations. And so God brings to Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost this great crowd of people from all over the known world, speaking many different languages, some of whom are ethnic Jews, but many of whom are proselytes, some are Cretans and Arabians. They are not all Jewish people, but they're coming together and they're hearing, they're hearing in their own language, the mighty works of God. And this reminds me of our passage for today, that in our, in our worship service. So today at Forest Hill, we're going through the book of Isaiah, and we're in Isaiah 12. And in Isaiah 12, there's two songs of salvation. This is going to be all unpacked in the sermon this morning at Forest Hill, Lord willing. But uh, the second song of salvation is is this call to give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name, and then to make known his deeds among the peoples. And and verse uh, 5 says, Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. So make known his deeds among the peoples. He's done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. And here at Pentecost, we have the fulfillment of that. The first step in the fulfillment of that, what God has done through Jesus Christ is wondrous indeed. And it is being told to a great group of people who are gathered from all the known earth and what are they told about? They're told about Jesus and they're told about his death and resurrection. So the first thing Peter does is connect to the gathered audience by engaging them in the reason why they came together, which is we heard the sound. We saw this thing. We heard these people speaking in different languages. Maybe they're drunk because, you know, Alcohol always gives you the ability to speak languages you've never studied. People don't really think sometimes. Like, what? Huh? I mean, alcohol makes people less intelligible, not more intelligible. Anyway, so he says they're not drunk with wine. It's only the third hour of the day. It's only nine o'clock in the morning for crying out loud. Uh, this isn't a NASCAR race. Did I say that? Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so the, he's saying uh, this is... What was prophesied by Joel. This is the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And that means that this is the last days. Because in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. So this is the last days because God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. This is the last days. We are living, people say, I think we're living in the last days. Well, yes, we are living in the last days. We're living in the end times. We're living, even we could say, in the final hour. All of those phrases are used in the New Testament to describe the age of the New Testament church of fulfilled salvation in Jesus and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. It's the last days. It's the end times. It's the last hour. These phrases are used repeatedly throughout the New Testament. It's been this way ever since the day of Pentecost. But the bulk of his message, after he draws them in and kind of explains to them what's going on with all this Strange speaking in tongues is really about Jesus. Men of Israel hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth. True God glorifying Christian preaching is focused on Jesus. Peter didn't say, Let me tell you about the wonderful plan God has for your life. Peter didn't say, Are you feeling lonely? Do you want comfort in your heart? let me tell you, no, he's saying, let me tell you about Jesus and what God did through Jesus. He gives them the evidence for Jesus. He did he did mighty works. He did wonders and signs. And he says, you yourselves know this. The, the reputation of Jesus for having done signs and wonders and mighty works was widespread. Everybody knew it. And then he says, This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Now that might seem harsh. These people didn't crucify Jesus, did they? Well, the truth is that many of these same people would have been in Jerusalem, in the crowd, crying out, crucify, 50 days earlier. They had gone back home, and this is now the second time in the year when they gather in together for another week of celebration. So many of the people in that crowd would have been in the crowd shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And they would have remembered who Jesus was. This is something that just happened, you know, less than two months uh, prior. So they would have remembered. And now he's telling them that this Jesus whom they cried out for his crucifixion, was actually crucified according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God and is alive forevermore. Now, we don't have time to go through all of this beautiful sermon line by line, but notice that it's focused on who Jesus is and what God has done through Jesus Christ. And it is supported by both scripture and eyewitness testimony. So you have both the word of God being fulfilled in Jesus and you have the power of eyewitness testimony of those who saw it. This is the the sure foundation of the gospel. The gospel is not a subjective feeling in your heart that everything's going to be okay because you want it to be. The gospel is the good news of what God has done through Jesus Christ for a sinful world for those who will put their faith in him. And it is attested to because it is in keeping with the scriptures of the Old Testament in fulfillment of those things. And it was seen by many eyewitnesses. And so the Holy Spirit works and, and people are cut to the heart. And they cry out, what must we do? What shall we do? We, 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 we're guilty of crucifying the Messiah. He's alive. He's, he, he's going to judge. This 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 Jesus, whom we crucified, is now both Lord and Christ. He's the Messiah, and he's the ruler. What are we going to do about it? Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not water baptism that's going to save them, but it is their repentance, it's their faith in Jesus, it's their union with Jesus pictured in water baptism And then that picture of water baptism is fulfilled in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, For the promise. What promise? The promise of the covenant, the promise of the new covenant. This being filled with the Holy Spirit was a last day's promise, and that was connected to the new covenant promises where I will take out your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. I will give my people one heart and one way that they may please me. These are the covenant promises. And he says, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. The first part of that, the promises for you and your children would have been very familiar to a Jewish audience. They would have known that since the days of Abraham, The covenant promises, all of the covenant promises, including the new covenant promises, were always given for you and your children, for you and your children, for you and your children. I will be a God to you and to your children after you. Now, was that an absolute promise? No, there were children of believers who didn't become believers themselves. It's a conditional promise that if you faithfully train up your children in the way they should go, and if they respond by faith, they will be my people. I will be good to you and it will benefit the next generation. So that's that's a promise. The second part of it, all who are far off, that's the new part. That's saying not only is God going to keep covenant promises with the house of Israel and their children, but he's going to even do it with the Gentiles who are called to himself. And it says with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. In other words, if you think I preach way too long on Sunday morning and my sermons ought to be as short as Peter's, we don't have Peter's whole sermon recorded here. We have a summary of the highlights. He used many other words, and he continued to exhort them. And God moved, and there were 3,000 souls who were saved. And then God gathers together this church, this this church in Jerusalem, this new covenant church, this spirit-filled church, and they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. This is a, we might call it an ordinary means of grace, supernaturally empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're going to teach the Word of God. We're going to enjoy fellowship together. We're going to break bread. The breaking of bread is probably a reference to the Lord's Supper And to the prayers. We're going to pray. It's the Word of God, it's the sacraments, it's prayer, it's fellowship that brings God's people together and that builds up His church. Well, it's an important chapter, but we've gone a little bit long. So let me go ahead and close and just say we're going to be back in 2 Samuel tomorrow, but let's pray. Father, thank you for this chapter. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We would not know you if it were not for the work of your Holy Spirit in our hearts. We would be cut off from you, estranged from your life. So we thank you that the Spirit has drawn us near and has given us faith in Jesus. Strengthen us by your Holy Spirit to walk with you. Help us to be dedicated to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Like your church has been from the very beginning, may we be guided by the word of God, the sacraments, prayer, fellowship, as one body of Christ, glorifying you in all that we do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me for Acts chapter 2. Second Samuel uh, is back on tap for tomorrow. I hope you can join us for that. As always, have a blessed day in the Lord.